Hello, everybody. Welcome to Transform Aisha's podcast, and I hope you have a great day. I am ready to talk about part two of the summary of the book of Numbers. I finished chapter 15 last time, so now I give my thoughts on chapter 16 and on. In chapter 16, three Livrites caused a rebellion with 250 people. They overlook what God has given to them and blessed them, and they had a problem with God. Verse 11. I can do that at times. God punished the three men by opening the earth and swallowing them, and the 250 men by them being consumed by fire in the form of plague to the other people who disobeyed God. There are times that I will overlook what God has done for me and the blessing that God has given me. This is disheartening and really sad. I need to be grateful and content and fight for righteousness. Even though this happens, the people oppose Moses and Aaron Aaron gave atonement for their sins. Verse 47. This is why I have to be kind to those who are not kind to me. Most importantly, not be rebellious to my leaders as well. Chapter 16 is an amazing chapter. It is a great read. I love how in verses 25-27 that it was commanded for them not to touch anything that belongs to the wicked man. And if so, they will be swept away because of their sins. This is how I have to deal with a sin when I see it, be around it, or engage in it. I must have immediate repentance and run far away from it as possible. I love how God did exactly what he said he would do. I can try and hide everything all I want from others and try to fool others, which is an incredibly foolish and mean thing to do, but God will bring everything to the light in his timing. See what happens in verses 28-35. Also, God rightfully calls a plague to punish the people and Aaron made atonement for them in verses 47 through 50. I am grateful God sent Jesus to make an atonement for me. People died, but when the atonement was made, the plague stopped. The consequences of my sins remains, but further destruction will be stopped. I am grateful for God, and this is why it is time right now to leave sin and live for God. Chapter 17 discussed about Aaron, and chapter 18 talked about the priests and the Levites duties and offerings that is needed i love how god described what to do with the clean and unclean in chapter 19 i love how god created a plan for the people who are unclean they did not have to stay there but god pried it away from them it is their responsibility to clean themselves on the third and seventh day it is my responsibility and should be my desire to repent and not live in sin if i choose to stay in sin i should be cut off from god's people like in verse 20 There is a difference between living in sin and struggling in sin. In Numbers 20, God commanded Moses to speak to the rock, but Moses struck the rock twice. And because of that, Moses and Aaron was not allowed to go into the promised land. I will honestly say that Moses was pushed. He continuously dealt with the Israelites, with them complaining about their circumstances, wishing that they would die and wanted to go back to Egypt. I can relate to complaining, and that's why I want to repent. I can simply state what I need and desire and let God take care of it as he sees fit and be grateful and God for who he is and not what he can give to me. Anyway, Moses probably had enough and was frustrated and struck the rock. He heard the Israelites complain before that happened. I can use that same excuse too. Sometimes I say anytime I get upset, people make a big deal. But then when I have to deal with you being upset all the time with that person, minimizing it. The reality of the matter is that it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing, and it matters about what I'm doing. People who desire to be a leader or a teacher will be judged much more strictly. James 3.1 
We are called to be the light of the world, Matthew 5, 14 to, 20, 14 to 16, no matter how we are treated, Matthew 5, 43 to 48. Most importantly, I cannot sin in anger, Ephesians 4, 26 to 31, or be harsh to people. We are called to be holy because God is holy, 1 Peter 1, 16. It is a responsibility and an honor as disciples of Christ to be the light of the world and to choose to obey all God's commands. Even though Moses was punished, he still continued to give God his heart and to obey his commandments. Read the end of Numbers 20 after Moses was punished. Moses had the heart had the heart that he loved God and respected God, and he knew the error of his ways. Moses didn't affect the other people because Aaron died at the end of the chapter as well, but also due to Aaron's previous sins as well. Even though this happened to Moses and Moses did not enter the promised land, Moses was highly regarded by God. Moses and Elijah was in Jesus' trans transfiguration. Matthew 17, 1-3, Mark 9, 2-4, Luke 9, 28-30. Out of all the people that could have appeared there, Moses was one of them. Moses was spoken really well in Hebrews 11, 23-28. Just because Moses was punished and had consequences, he was deeply loved by God, and so am I. That is why it is never too late to repent, but the consequences will remain. Even in his discipline, God's love remains. Twelve Hebrews twelve four through eleven. Turn away and know that it's never too late. I learned that it's never a good idea to lose my temper and to sin against God. I can relate to the Israelites in chapter twenty one of Numbers. I can make a vow to God, conditioning based on what God can do for me. Verses two to three. God delivered and gave them the victory. Their heart was revealed when things turned bad for the Israelites and they started to grumble again. Numbers twenty one through four through six. They tried to repent, and God was faithful to them again, verses 6-9. I can relate to doing this to God, unfortunately. God has a lot of patience with me, and His feelings matter, and that's why I cannot minimize sin or barely try and fight against it. I have to think about how God would feel. He is not a robot that can just provide for me, but someone who loves me very much and has feelings and deserves nothing but less than respect and honor from me. Therefore, even though people weren't faithful to God, God was faithful to them. They were rightly punished for grumbling against God, but God provided aid and made them victorious in battle. This should make me want to be even more faithful to God and repent for my horrible ways. God was even faithful again in verses 34 to 35 and gave the Israelites a victory. Chapters 22 to 24 is a great story about Balaam and Balak. Balak wanted Balaam to curse the Israelites. Chapter 22, verse 6. Balaam was wise to consult God first, and God told Balaam not to do it, verses 8 to 12. Balaam told Balak, verses 13 through 14. Balak did not take it gracefully. Instead, he brought more stronger people and asked him again, verses 15 through 17, and even offered him wonderful items as well. Instead of Balaam saying no again, God said not to do it. He went to ask God again, verses 18 through 20. God said yes, but in my opinion, that was God's per, uh, permissive will and not God's perfect will. God's perfect will is for Balaam not to do it. If God tells me not to do something, I cannot argue with God or ask God again. I have to just obey and trust God. And see how persecution works? Balaam brought more numerous amount of people to persecute and sway Balaam. Balaam goes and beats a donkey three times and then found out that God was angry with him. Verses 21 to 30. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was just a funny story. I really encourage people to read it. God opened Balaam's eyes, and this is why he found out the reasons for the unusual behavior from the donkey, verses 31 to 33. 
Balaam realized he sinned, and this is where I believe that he repents and never turns back because in the remaining two chapters, Balaam obeys the Lord and is not swayed by Balak's bribes and words. Balaam even repeatedly tells Balak that he would do what God wants him to do. Balaam delivers seven messages and Balak says unthinkable, Numbers 24, 10 through 11. Then Balak's, Balak's anger burned against Balaam. He struck his hands together and said to him, I once summoned you to curse my enemies, but you blessed them these three times. Now leave and go home. I said, I will reward you handsomely, but the Lord has kept you from being rewarded. The world's war, the world's re the world's rewards shouldn't matter because Jesus is everything. Philippians 3, 8 to 10. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but which but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yet to know the power of his resurrection and participate in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. End quote. This is a great example of what I need to do when I'm facing persecution and opposition to do things against God. Balaam learned his lesson and repented. And it's a great lesson for me to learn on what to do with persecution and opposition. Balaam delivered the remaining messages and went on his way. He was unfazed by what Balak said because I believe Balaam found his contentment and worth in God alone. That is my goal in life. Numbers 25 is a sober warning for me on what can happen when I compromise my relationship with God and become enticed by the world. Then Moab seduced Israel and invited them to make sacrifices to their false gods and eventually becoming yoked to Baal, Baal B-A-A-L, of poor, P-E-O-R. Sin is not meant to give me what I want, but to cause me to be yoked and consumed and do things that I said I would never do before committing that sin. It is simply a trap and takes me away from the best relationship in my life, God. God brought judgment on them. F, I mean, P-H-I-N-E-H-A-S was zealous for God and stood out in faith and really impacted God. God blessed him as well. Verses 7 through 13. When I fight for righteousness, it would affect other people as well. In Numbers 26, the older generation of people that disobeyed God in the previous chapters were punished. 64 through 65 of chapter 26. God has patience and mercy, but we will reap, the, we will reap what we sow. Galatians 6, 7 through 8. I love how Moses accepted the punishment from God and obeyed God. Verse Numbers 27 verses 12 through 14. Moses even cared about God's mission and wanted to carry it out. Verses 15-21 to he, ex he accepted the consequences for his actions and his love and devotion to God never stopped. In verse 22, just look at his actions after he was punished. Moses stayed with God. I need to have this heart when I am being disciplined by God. I absolutely love God's love and sovereignty in these chapters. And then and choosing to disobey God not only produces consequences, but potential of losing the best relationship in your life. The next three chapters, 28 to 30, is when God gave rules about orphans and sacrifices. I believe it's mentioned again because of the old, old Israelites that sinned and the priest chapters were no more. I love 
the chapter when it talked about what to do with vows. Really awesome. In chapter 31, God asked the Israelites to destroy the Midianites. Verse 7. The woman was spared and Moses was angry because those were the same women that caused the plague and idolatry in the previous chapters. Verses 14 through 18. Moses had to purify themselves as well, 19 to 24. I love how in chapter 32, it showed why it's bad to disobey God's commands. 30, chapter 32, verses 7 through 15. I really love this verse. Numbers 32, 23. But if you fail to do this, you will be sinning against the Lord, and you may be sure that your sin will be found out, end quote. In addition, there are times that God would just give commands and explain why, and explain the consequences for disobedience, but then there are times that God does not. Please compare the next three verses from chapter 33, and you'll see what I'm talking about. So please read Numbers 33, verses 2, and then Numbers 33, verses 56, 55 to 56, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Numbers 34 was a consensus of the Israelites before they entered the Promised Land. Only those who were below 20 years old and Joshua and Caleb were able to make it to the Promised Land. It just shows the importance of obeying God. Obeying God through, um, it, it's through trusting His promises no matter what. This really encouraged me because it shows how trustworthy God is. Numbers 35 also shows that God dwelled with them and is, and is an expectation not to defile the land. Numbers 35, 34, do not defile the land where you live and where I dwell, for I, the Lord, dwell among the Israelites, end quote. And in Numbers 35, the Israelites went across from Jericho, verses 13. God is faithful and delivers on his promises. This is what I wanted to share with you all in the book of Numbers. It is such an incredible and convicting book of the Bible. And by the way, when the Israelites went across from Jericho in verse 13, that was in Numbers 36, not 35. Anyway, that's all I wanted to share from the book of Numbers. Such an incredible and convicting book of the Bible. I enjoy reading it and studying it. I hope you always study the book of Numbers as well. Thank you so much and have a great day. Bye for now.